You're listening to The Report Card with Zach Carr on Weagle 91.1 FM, Mondays at 11 a.m., where we keep your finger on the pulse of all things Auburn athletics. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another week of The Report Card. I'm your host, Zach Card, and today I have two guests with me. Colin Byersdorf, as he normally joins me. Hey. Uh, and then another one, Weston Ball, for the first time on the radio. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course, of course. Uh, Weston is our hockey our hockey guy. So we're going to talk a little bit of the NHL season in a little bit. Season started last week, if I'm not wrong. Um, I'm going to go out and say I'm not a big hockey guy. I'm trying to get into it. I've been trying for the past couple of years. It's a hard sport to learn the ins and outs of, but that's why we have him on to kind of teach us a little bit about hockey. But first, we're going to go through Auburn sports like we normally do, uh, starting first with soccer. Soccer lost to Texas A&M 3-1 on Friday. That was in Texas A&M, I believe. So our record is 6-4-5 and and 2-4-1 in the SEC. Um, we scored a goal. We don't normally score a lot of goals. I mean, we're starting to get back into the swing of things, I'd say, but... Yeah. I don't know. We had two wins before that, so we had some momentum, more than we've had for the past month at least. Yeah. We're scoring goals against SC opponents, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's just we have to be able to keep up with the opponent's offense. Our defense isn't the problem. It's you know it's scoring. Yeah. Same thing our, every week. Our defense is really good, and that's something I've noticed pretty much every game. Is Even though we let up three goals against Texas A&M, like goalkeeper Matty Prochaska is doing everything she can. Defenders like Emmy Craven are doing everything that they can. Uh, this week we have a tough matchup on Thursday against number 16, Tennessee. That's at home, though. It's, at, uh, it's Thursday at 6.30 at the Auburn Soccer Complex. Um, so come out, watch the girls, hopefully knock off a ranked team. But we'll see how that goes. Next up, volleyball. Volleyball is having a very different season than soccer, uh, I'd say. Very good season. Uh, they won on Saturday against Mizzou and then lost on Sunday against Mizzou. So it was a little weekend series against Mizzou. One in five sets on Saturday, three to two, and then lost on Sunday, one to three. It was a reverse sweep in game one on Saturday. So Mizzou went up 0-2, and then we came back, one set three, one set four, one set five, and took the game. We sit at 17-2 and two on the year with both losses coming in the SEC. Uh, so record of 6-2 and two in the SEC. Uh, we got another Tennessee matchup. Tennessee's kind of traveling to the Plains this weekend. Uh, they have, like I said, soccer coming on Thursday, and then Friday, volleyball will host the Volunteers at Neville Arena. Pretty good year for volleyball. No complaints. Freshmen still doing their thing. I mean, yeah, obviously the best year in a long time on the Plains, maybe of all time. Yeah, maybe program history. I don't think that's a, a hot take, really. No, I think you can reasonably argue that. Uh, so I'm not going to argue against that. Coach Crouch, doing a good job. Yeah, doing a fantastic job. Equestrian uh, beat UGA last weekend like we talked about, so moves up to number five in the rankings and then traveled to a little little West Coast road trip in California, played against UC Davis, lost to them 10-8. to Don't know what really happened there, but then turned around the next day on Sunday and beat number nine Fresno State by a whopping 16-2. to Was UC Davis ranked? Uh, not that I saw. Interesting. I think there's only like 30 teams, so if they're not the top 25, 
Yeah, I don't know. They might not be NCEA, which is okay. the that would make equestrian denomination of however they do the conferences. But, yeah, they obviously were not happy that they lost to UC Davis. Took out some anger on the Bulldogs of Fresno State. Those horses were pissed. Yeah, they were mad. Uh, Equestrian moves to two and one. We'll probably still be in the top ten beating uh, number nine, but lost. uh, I don't know if it's even a bad loss to UC Davis. I don't know. Uh, We've beat number five and number nine. I don't know what you could, like, ask from us. Exactly. Next up we have UT Martin on Sunday at home in the Auburn Equestrian Center, whatever they call it. It's at home. It's in Auburn, on the Plains. we got a couple events on the Plains this weekend. It's going to be a good week. Uh, Final doubleheader of the season for softball happened this past weekend. Uh, They beat Pearl River Community College 7-0. Both of these games were in Panama City, Florida. And then they beat Florida Gulf Coast – no, they beat Gulf Coast State 23-1. Again, I don't know what happened to the mercy rule in softball because we did it last week where we beat who we beat Alabama State eighteen nothing or something. Well, they're exhibition games, so they're going to play the whole thing out. Yeah, but they're exhibition games. There's no need to play the whole thing out they're if get, you're up by getting, thirty. They're getting reps for their players. Like we started three different pitchers. We yeah, we ran through a bunch because they're like they're ten inning games too. That's not normal in softball to play seven innings. So that they're all different rules and different mm. sets. Okay. So it's really just practice for all these teams. It's like scrimmages. Yeah. I know baseball did the 10-inning game this weekend, but we'll get to that. Softball has one more game uh, in this fall schedule. It's against Auburn at Montgomery. That's on Sunday. That'll be in Montgomery. Little little brother school hosts say, it. little bro. Little bro hosts it. Uh, we sit at 7-1, and one, hoping to move to 8-1 and one on the fall season. It's all exhibition, so it doesn't truly matter what the record is, but it's a good indicator for the year. Uh, especially when we are beating teams twenty-three to one and eighteen to nothing, and stuff like that. Uh, swim, swim and dive. Travel to USC. That's Southern California, not South Carolina. Uh, and for a meet, I, they call it meets, right? Yeah, swimming meets. Swim meet. Um, where both the men's and women's team competed. Uh, the men swept Hawaii, UC San Diego, and the host school USC. And the women uh, beat Hawaii, UC San Diego, uh, and then lost to the Trojans. So, pretty good weekend for swim and dive. Yeah, you would think Hawaii's like big swimmers. Apparently not. Like, I'd be, I don't know, if I, if I was on Hawaii's swim team, I'd be swimming. Swimming between the islands? Yeah. <laughs> That's what their practices are like, I bet. Uh, up next, we go to LSU on October 27th. So, they got a little break. They got a a ten day break before their next meet. Um, get some rest in, boys and girls, and then come out and beat the beat the other Tigers. Gymnastics, some big news for gymnastics this past week. Suni Lee was awarded the Sportswoman of the Year by the Women's Sports Foundation. Good for her. Always raking in the awards. We love Suni. Woohoo! Uh, we also recruited two four stars in the past week. Caitlin Jong, who won the gold medal in the all-around 2021 Junior U.S. National Gymnastics Championships. Very good gymnast. And Sophia Bell, the other four-star, she won the state championship in Missouri. And they both join five-star Olivia Ahern. Ahern? I apologize for butchering that last name. Uh, But we now hold the number four recruiting class in the country. And I'd like to give a special thanks for this uh, gymnastics session because I got all that information from a Colin Byerstorff article. 
I, I did write that. It was two articles, actually. Yeah, or two Colin Bottersdorf articles. Uh, next up is baseball. They played a fall exhibition against Louisiana Tech here at home, and they won 12-11, to 11, a little closer than I expected. Uh, they trailed by six in the 10th inning. So, like you said, they did 10 inning games. Mm-hmm. Uh, trailed by six. So, it was uh, six to 11 going into the 10th inning, I guess. And they come out with the win. Uh, did a lot. Put a bunch of different pitchers in. We look decent. We look good. Hope, Hopefully, we'll ride the momentum from last year of going to the uh, College World Series, going to Omaha. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So, first game, so we started at 0-1, obviously. Up next, we have Bama at home. In at, baseball? In baseball. Fall exhibition. Okay. But it's still the Iron Bowl of baseball. Man, I'm still going to get mad. Yeah, I'm still going <laughs> to want to win that game. Um, so, yeah, Bama comes to Plainsman Park on Friday at 6.30. And that'll be the last of the fall exhibitions. They only do two for baseball, which I don't know why because softball did nine. But that's just the way baseball has scheduled it. And then into probably my least favorite sport to talk about in terms of Auburn football. It's never a super fun conversation to have. Lost to Ole Miss last week, 48-34. to They went up 21 to nothing in like the first or the second quarter, and I had checked out of the game. I wasn't watching the game. I'll be completely honest. I missed it. Um, but I saw they went up 21 nothing. We We started to storm back. We we our offense showed up. Um, they looked probably good. for the first time this season. It was probably the best showing from them. We were good on the ground. Three hundred yards. Yeah. Um. I don't know what we ended up with in the air. I know late in the third quarter, maybe the fourth, we only had six completions. But I mean, it was working. We were scoring. So obviously, this team should be. You know, on the uh, we should do all of our work on the ground. Yeah, with Robbie Ashford, Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, Jamari, all of them. Yeah. You know? Excuse but, me. Uh, um. Yeah, I've been saying that we should keep running the ball all year, but last week against Georgia, it did not look as great as it probably should have. But that's just Georgia. I don't know, Their even, front seven's crazy. Yeah. Even with the scoring, looked gross. Robbie Ashford got benched. Robbie Ashford and Tank Only Bigsby a, got in a fight. On the sidelines. I don't mind that fight. That means both of them are passionate. Both of them want to win. Both of them want what's best for the team. Yeah. You're going to you're gonna butt heads if you both want to win all the time. I, don't know, I think they said that Robbie Ash was like screaming something like, don't give up on me or something like that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, we had 300 yards rushing, like I said, but we let up 400 yards yeah, they on had, the ground. Uh, Ole Miss had three different 100-yard rushers. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it was like the first time they've done that since like the 60s. Yeah, it was so, pretty. That was tough. Pretty crazy to see. I was like, uh, when you put up 300 yards rushing, you kind of expect to win. When you put up 34 points in the SEC, you kind of expect to win. But not when the other team puts up 400 yards rushing. Um, what did you think about the game, Weston? You know, it's one of those times where our offense finally showed up, and we left the defense at the hotel. Our front seven have been really the lifeline to this team all season. We knew that coming in, and the game we really needed them to show up, they didn't. And at the end of the day, it's a tough loss. I was half expecting to wake up Sunday morning to see Brian Harson was fired, and he's still our coach. So obviously there's some faith in him to finish out at least some semblance of the season. But, yeah, that's a tough one to go into Oxford and lose. 
Yeah, that kind of brings us into our next topic with football. We're going to the bye week. A lot of people thought Harson would be gone by the bye week, especially if the season went exactly how it's gone. Um, but he's not gone yet. A lot of people don't think he should leave. Not a lot. Some people are saying he should stay after you know putting up 30, 30 points because we haven't done that in a while. Our offense looked like they could score, which they did. Uh, you know, 300 yards rushing is a good sign. What do you guys think? Is it should we should we fire Harson this week, or do you think we should wait to the end of the season? Uh, I don't think it matters. Like real talk. Yeah. I don't care. Like it's like if he gets fired, it's like okay. It's just, he got fired. Yeah. It probably looks worse if we fire him before the end of the season, honestly. But from just a perspective, like I don't know who would like lead our team. Like obviously like Zach Etheridge. And, yeah, that's what I've been saying the whole I don't time. Know. I think it'd be Zach Etheridge, and I like him. I've said it before on here. Um, I think he'd do a, a fine job leading the team, at least for the rest of the season as interim coach until we find the permanent replacement. But it's weird because we don't have an athletic director. I just don't see what we gain. What do we gain from firing him early? We're not going to like win more games with an interim. Do you think we're going to win more games with an interim coach? I don't know. I don't. We only have, I think we have three games the rest of the season that we can reasonably win. And those are Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, Arkansas, and there's another one I can't remember. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. I don't know. Mississippi State's probably going to air raid on us. <laughs> yeah, our secondary is not the best. I, I chalked that up as an L. I wouldn't even give us a chance in that. No chance. No. Wow. It's at Mississippi State? Yeah, in Starkville. Yeah, no. I don't know. We're going to lose that one. How good is their home field advantage, though? Better than our team. Wow. Maybe. I think they'd beat us in Jordan-Hare Stadium, and the <sighs> fact that it's in Starkville with the cowbells, I don't give us much of a chance, to be honest. They beat us in Jordan-Hare last year. They did do that. I do not like the cowbells. But we're going to head to a little PSA break. You're listening to The Report Card on WEGL 91.1. And we're back. You're listening to The Report Card on WEGL 91.1. Um... Basketball's AP poll for college basketball just came out. We are ranked 15, about where I expected us to be. I mean, probably a little low for what I think we're going to be throughout the season. There's only a couple teams above us, and I'm sitting here like, why are you there? Call them out. Number nine is Creighton. Um, That's questionable. That just seems, Top 10? That just seems high to me, yeah. And then 14 TCU. That's pretty I crazy, like we're probably too. better we're, than I think we'd be TCU, TCU right now. I think if... We we could go into TCU right now and beat them, I think. But yeah. Creighton is a historic, I guess. Yeah, Big East program. Yeah. TCU's not. They're big big twelve, but I mean yeah. they've been good at basketball. Yeah, they've been okay. Past while. And uh UNC's one, Gonzaga's two, Houston's three, Kentucky's uh four, four and Baylor's five. That makes sense. I like that top five. I'm not mad at that. No. That makes sense. I don't necessarily love Creighton at nine. Definitely don't agree with TCU at 14. Um, I don't think we should be preseason top 10 by any means. Uh, There's been a lot of turnover in the team, especially in the front court. Our back court could potentially be the best in the country. We're we're fourth in the SEC. Do you agree with that? Uh, Five Kentucky or four Kentucky, 11 Tennessee, uh, 10 Arkansas. I don't know. That's – I expect people to say that. 
But I don't know. I think. What did Tennessee add in the off season? I don't like well, to I be don't a, to like, like eleven. That I don't one know. I might call out too. I might. Yeah, I think we should probably be above them. But I mean, they won the SEC tournament last year. They have, you know, you get your clout whenever you do do well the season before. I don't know though. Um, I'm okay with Ar- I don't know what Arkansas added. I know they always get their four and five stars every. Man, year. they got Musclemans. Whatever they're gonna keep, they're gonna stay and be in top fifteen program preseason for a while. I think. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, Musselman is a really good coach. I like him, and they always they're they've been recruiting well. Where's Bama? They're not ranked. Okay, that's a lot of twenty. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kind of would have been they a little surprised be if they were if they weren't ranked. I thought they'd be in the twenties, between twenty and twenty five is where I'd put them. Are, what are the other SEC teams. Are there any others? Uh, no, it's just that five. Okay, that's not bad. I'll take that. SEC basketball is improving. Uh, I'm guessing they think ACC is going to bounce back this year with UNC at one. Yeah, I'm trying to look for any other ACC teams in there. Big Ten is probably – I don't have the list. Virginia's at 18. Me. Virginia's 18, okay. Yeah. Another ACC team I see on here. They've been good in recent years. They deserve the respect. They garner that. Uh, oh, Duke seven. That's important. That's <laughs> yeah. That is pretty important. <laughs> Miss that one without Coach K. Coach K's first year in retirement. We'll see how that goes. Man, is he like an analyst or something for them right now? Oh, is he? Has he still not like stepped down? He's something silly. Can't get away. I mean, when you love the sport, it's hard to leave, especially when that's been your whole life. Yeah. He's been there forever. It's the same thing with the Gonzaga coach. I can't remember his name. Uh, Mark Few. Mark Few. Mark DUI. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that'll do it for the college basketball talk, right? Yeah. Any, any other final thoughts? No. We'll be good this year. I can say that with some confidence. College basketball, game of the year, people are saying. Uh, Tennessee versus Bama at Tennessee. Came down to the wire. Uh, Bama missed a kick to go up. Tennessee calms down, makes a kick, wins it. And they flood the field. I mean, as you should. You've not beat arguably their biggest rival in 15 years. I'd flood the field. Oh, yeah. I'm not mad that I'd they on flooded the field. I'm, you know, I'm with them flooding the field. I love flooding the field. I think it's so fun. <laughs> and <laughs> In high school a couple years ago, we'd flood the field every win we got just because it was fun. Yeah. We, we weren't bad. We just we like doing that. Um, but the aftermath of flooding the field, they tore down the goal, the goalpost. Threw them in the river. Put, threw them in the river, you know. It was a fun little thing they did. Yeah. I like that. Had a good time. Had a good time. And then Tennessee puts out a GoFundMe. Yeah, that's kind of lame. Asking for $100,000. Which is the amount that they got fined for flooding the field. Yeah. And they said it was for new goalposts, yeah. which I thought was goofy. They described it. For the new goalpost, which cost five thousand something. Yeah, I think it was fifty-seven hundred or not a hundred thousand. Not definitely not a hundred thousand um, dollars. But I don't know. You're an SEC program. Find the money. They have the money. They have to have the money. Yeah, it's just weird that you're asking for fans to come. They're also getting off scot free because they don't flood the field. This is their second warning, so it's a hundred thousand dollars. Every time Auburn floods the field, five hundred thousand. We're at our max. We do it too often. <laughs> Because it's fun. What can I say? You know, I don't like that. 
It's a weird move by Tennessee. I don't know. What did Nick Saban have to say? Something, something angry? Yeah. Most penalties under most penalties in Alabama history. They're undisciplined. I don't know what to say. It's like yeah. three, three of like the top like five are this year. Yeah. They did it. Texas. Texas. Earlier had six, 15 or 16. And then, well, 2019 was their second most against us with 16, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 17 or 18 this game. They at least had 17. But you're Alabama. Yeah, you're Nick they, Saban. And then they blame the refs, too, which I thought was fun. But Yeah, no, none. Uh, you can maybe make the call for, like, two or three of those pass interferences. Should not have been pass interference. You know, whatever. Uh, there, there was a lot of claws that went both ways. That was the same officiating crew that did the Auburn-Arkansas game our freshman year. The so two years ago. Bonix spike. Yeah, 2020. Okay. So they got suspended for that game. We'll see what happens to them. I don't think they should now. get suspended for this game. I think it was... You know, the calls could have gone either way. It's very judgment when you're refereeing. But a lot of the false, every false start was true. Every offsides was true. You know, those aren't judgment calls. Those are real things. And Bama had, like, what, four or five false starts? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Those are inexcusable. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about Bama fans. I'll talk, I'll talk too poorly on them for an hour. Okay. Uh, I think it's entirely possible. You brought this up to me this weekend that we see three SEC teams in the playoff. Yeah, I don't think it's at all out of the realm of possibility, especially if like a team like Clemson or a team like Michigan loses in Ohio State. Yeah, like Michigan if, looks good. Killed Penn State, who killed us. Yeah, well, what, what are you gonna do? Yeah, uh, some yeah. context. Michigan does look good. Michigan looks really good. That was in the big house, though. We talked about that one a little bit last week. Um. But definitely killed them more than I thought they would. But, yeah, three SEC teams, Bama, yeah. Georgia's like a lock. So let's say – I mean, you could say Georgia wins, beats Tennessee. Tennessee's one loss. Georgia mm-hmm. makes the SEC championship. They play a one-loss Bama. Let's say Bama beats an undefeated Georgia. They're all yeah, – there's all, three one-loss SEC teams. Yeah. Well, who do you say no to? And they've all beaten each other. Yeah. It's like a circle of – I don't know. Losses. It, it really will – at that point, if that situation plays out, it depends on – what else is going on in the yeah, country? Yeah, it depends on Big Ten between Michigan and Ohio State, and it depends on what Clemson's doing. I don't know. This is probably – this is definitely SEC bias. But I would say those three teams in, like, Ohio State, like, if if Clemson has a loss any, at any point in the season. No. ACC is not good enough yeah, to like, have a loss in. Like, who are they playing? NC State? They play Syracuse this weekend. Syracuse oh, yeah, is good. 6-0 for, for the first – 14, aren't they? Yeah, well, 6-0 for the first time since 87. And uh, in 87, that's the uh, – the Pat Dye Sugar Bowl, where he elected to kick a field, uh, kick an extra point to tie the game instead of going for two to win it. Um, I just know that Syracuse fans were really mad about that. It's a fun story. They actually sent ties, like uh, like tons and tons of ties to Pat Dye's office in Auburn because they were so mad about the tie. That's funny. Um, but Syracuse is okay. I don't know. I definitely don't think that they'll beat Clemson. But if they do, like that's – there's no excusable loss for Clemson and the ACC. Like, I don't know. This is, like, no disrespect to Syracuse, but when you're playing in a conference and your biggest competition is Syracuse football, yeah, there's something to be said there. Yeah, there is definitely something to be said there. There's no one good. Like, Pitt's not good this year USC anymore. lost to Utah. Yeah. Florida beat Utah. Florida's, like, 4-4 four and four in the SEC now or something like that. They're, like, 4-4 four and four overall. Yeah. No, no Pac-12 team's going to make it. No way. Oregon already has a loss. 
Mm-hmm. Granted, it's to Georgia, but they'll probably suffer another loss in the season. That wasn't just like a normal loss, though. They got beat by Georgia badly. Yeah, they did get killed by Georgia. Um, yeah, so no Pac-12. No Big 12. I can't think of a team that's still undefeated in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, TCU. They play each other this weekend. That'll be a good game. That will be a good game. I think they play each other this weekend. I just know TCU is undefeated. Oklahoma State might have lost, honestly. No, Texas plays Oklahoma State. I don't know who TCU plays. TCU plays Kansas State, who's ranked. So a good weekend for Big 12 uh, football. Um, but we're going to move on from NCAA football because, I don't know, SEC bias is starting to show. I don't mm-hmm. really want to show that. Baseball, some shocking uh, NLDS series. This is C-Rai. Um, Padres beat the Dodgers, who I thought were destined to win it this year. And the Phillies beat the Braves, who are reigning champions for uh, NLCS, which is San Diego versus Philadelphia. Two very different fan bases. Um, I have no idea who's going to come out of that now. Uh, the Astros are the only team with a bye that's gotten punched their ticket to the next round. Yeah. Because Dodgers and Braves lost. Yeah, it's hard to come and against a, what, a hot team. The Yankees play a game, decisive game five? Yeah, play a decisive game five. It's at home. It's in the Bronx uh, against the Cleveland Guardians to decide who goes to the ALCS. That's tonight. So it'll be Astros versus either the Guardians or the Yankees. And unless they play the Yankees, like I think it's the Guardians to lose. Ooh. Not the Guardians, the, the Astros to lose. I was going to say, that's a crazy take. I think, yeah, I'm sorry. I got my words jumbled up. I think it's the Astros to lose because I think they'll beat the Guardians in five out of seven. And then they'll go against the Padres of the Phillies, and I don't think unless they stay crazy hot, unless both teams are in – like that, they have to go to seven to stay hot like that because mm-hmm. if, if one of them wins in four or five, that's too long of a break to go, go against the Astros. And we saw what a break can do to the Dodgers and the Braves, for example, who didn't have to play in the wild card and had a, a nice five-day or seven-day break or whatever it was. Yeah. The Dodgers lost three in a row. I'm not sure how many times they've done that the entire season. Yeah. It was something to behold, truly. So that's the NLCS, and then ALCS will be decided tonight. Uh, basketball. NBA starts tomorrow. Super excited. Basketball is my favorite sport. NBA this year is going to be super good. I keep saying it. I say it over and over again. Next episode, I'm going to talk all about the beginning of the season, what I expect. Basketball is my, my sport of choice. Tomorrow, we have the 76ers at the Celtics. That is the first game of the season. Should be a really good one. 76ers-Celtics is a fun rivalry. Celtics were just in the finals. 76ers want to be in the finals. And then the night game is Lakers at Warriors, which just flat out will not be close. The Lakers are dysfunctional. Warriors are very good still. Draymond's away I from mean, the team. I was supposed to say, the Warriors aren't the most like non-dysfunctional team on earth. Yeah, but when Russ won't even join the huddle for the Lakers, pregame huddle, like... Oh, what, you saw that video? Oh, yeah, I saw he joined, that He joined it right after. It just cut poorly. They were already in the huddle forever. They had a break, and then he joined. I don't know. Don't put Pat Bev and Russell Wilson on the same lineup. That just seems like a, like a, like a front office problem. Yeah, I don't know. 
But the Lakers could truly surprise me this year because I, I like Pat Bev. I do not like Russ. Um, a little bit of my Lakers hate is coming through as a Celtics fan. So we're going to go to a little bit of PSA break. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to the report card on WEGL 91.1. And we back. You're listening to the report card on Weagle 91.1 FM. And now we're going to get into our NHL segment. Season started last week, like I said at the beginning. And now it's Weston's time to shine. Uh, we're going to talk about who is your favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year? My favorite to win the Stanley Cup is the Colorado Avalanche. You think they repeat? Absolutely. The only thing holding this team back is goaltending. They lost their starting goalie, Darcy Kemper, signed in Washington, free agency. They have Alex Georgiev, who was originally going to be the guy for the Rangers. In comes Igor Shosturkin, absolute stud. You know, Where's Igor? In New York. Yeah. Okay. He's I thought you were Rangers. saying he was on the app. So he um, he took Georgiev's job. He's he was always hyped as a starter. Never really got much of a chance. So now he's in Colorado looking to prove himself. Okay. He has all the tools to be successful. It's just can he put it together? If he stays hot, Avalanche win the cup. No issues with that. Mm-hmm. They sit at the highest odds. Um, followed by Toronto Maple Leafs, who have not made it out of the first round. We talked about this during the break. I think that's crazy. I'm a Leafs fan. I will say the Leafs are my team. I think that's crazy. The Leafs have the best forward core in the NHL, in my opinion, and their defense is good. In the past few years, it's been goaltending. They overhauled the core. Jack Campbell's out. He's been the guy for the last few years. They bring in, if this was 2017, they would have the best goalie core. But, but it's not. It's 2022. But, it, but it's 2022. They bring in two-time Stanley Cup champion Matt Murray. Um, had some great success with Pittsburgh. Went to Ottawa. Suffered a bunch of injuries. Just wasn't himself. Comes to Toronto. He looked good in the first game. And then he's on LTIR. for So he's out for at least a month. So it kind of begins. And then backing him up. Um, kind of a fallen hero from Washington in Ilya Samsonov. Looked really good for a little bit in Washington. Never really got it together. Um, he gets a fresh start in Toronto. So the fans there really hoping he turns out like Washington thought he was going to turn out. And I don't think the Leafs make it out of the first round if the goaltending isn't hot. Well, the Leafs have made it out of the first round in, what, 10-plus years? It's been too long. It's been a very long time. Uh, I like Samsonov. Samsonov, however you pronounce it. In the few Caps games I've watched in the past year or two, because Colin is a Caps fan, he seemed okay. He seemed good. Yeah, he had. He always had like moments, but then there'd be there'd be games where you'd be like, "What is he doing?" Yeah. Um, I'm a Sabres fan. Sabres are not good, so it's kind of hard to get into it when you know the team you support is not very good. Uh, we're on the right track. Sabres look good. I mean, this season really seems to have a sense of optimism. Yeah. A little bit that the Sabres really haven't had in the last while, really since they drafted Jack Eichel, who's now on the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Um, steps in the right direction. Small steps, I'll say, but steps in the right direction. Um, getting a guy that wants to be there in Alex Tuck, that is huge for the franchise. He grew up in northern New York. Yeah, he, he wants grew up to in Rochester. There. The youth is starting to emerge. J.J. Paterka got his first goal. That was a nice one. A few one. nights ago. Casey yep. Middlestat looks good. Um, Rasmus Dahlin 
granted it's only a week or two, week and a half in, he leads defensemen in points, so he's taking some steps forward. The rebuild's going slowly, but I think they finally have it on track this time. Yeah, there's a poll that goes out to all the fans of all the franchises, I guess, and this is the first time in, like, years where our, I guess, approval rating for the team and the GM and the future outlook is over 50%. Like, over 50% of fans think we're going in the right direction for the first time in, like, four or five years. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, but, you know, Sabres aren't going to do anything this year. Probably won't make the playoffs. We'll disrupt a couple teams maybe down the line, but nothing too crazy. Um, we're going to get into some players. Connor McDavid, undisputed best player. Am I wrong? Absolutely. He is by far the best player on the ice whenever he's on the ice. His speed is unreal. If you've never watched Connor McDavid, I recommend going and looking at some of his highlights. He looks like he looks like you're playing NHL on your PlayStation. He makes it look easy. He makes hockey look like the easiest sport in the world. He which his, is not. His his stick his stick handling like his hands are fantastic, but it's his speed that kills. I mean, he just goes around players. It's unbe- like it's crazy. Mhm. And one of the things that haters said about him is that he didn't have much success in the playoffs before last year. And he kind of took that and was like, well, look, I'm going to take my team to the where, Western Conference Finals and you prove all the haters wrong. So what's next for him? That Oilers team kind of reminds me of the Cavs when LeBron was there, when they won their championship, where it's really three players carrying the team, and those three players are really good. It's him, it's McDavid, a guy named Leon Dreisaitl, who if he wasn't on the Oilers would be – in the conversation for best player in the league. And then they had a few guys kind of chipping in there. So really for the Oilers, it's about getting a stable goalie, which they did in Jack Campbell, getting a stable defense core, and just giving McDavid a little bit of help. He doesn't need much, but he needs kind of that second-line center to back him up when he needs a quick rest. That makes sense. Uh, Another legend of the sport, Alex Ovechkin, he looks – to be on pace to get near Gretzky's goal record. He I, scored 50 goals last season, which he did that. It was his highest output since the 18-19 season, I believe. Do you think he'll catch him? I don't think he will because of the direction the Capitals are going. Ovechkin continue, continually proves me wrong. Every year, everyone on – Twitter, the media says this is probably the year he finally takes that step back, and he doesn't. But this year, the Capitals lost a lot of key pieces. They're trending downward. They'll be a playoff team, but they'll probably they're probably looking at a first round exit. I don't know if this is the year. Uh, one of his best friends, critical teammate, and Nicholas Backstrom's out long term. I I don't know if he gets it, but he will come awfully close. One thing in at least basketball, is when you're on a bad team, like your stats can often be inflated. Is that not a thing in hockey? Like, will his stats not be inflated because the rest of the pieces around him aren't as good? Or Hockey's such a team game, it's tough to do that. Like, the the Goats can do it. McDavid can do it just because he's the best player on the ice. Gretzky could do it because he's, he's the Goat. Um, Ovechkin, though, as kind of a shooter, he's not necessarily a playmaker. He needs guys to get him the puck. I don't know if he does it because of the team, but it's it's a team game. I mean, you need to have some good guys around you. 
That makes sense. Who are your teams on the right? Maybe not like the Avs. We know are all good. The Panthers, we all know are fantastic. You know, who are your teams on the rise that could be a dark horse to get far in the playoffs this year? The first team that comes to mind is the LA Kings. And the Kings had a dynasty kind of in the early 2010s. They won in 2012 and 2014, if I'm not mistaken. And they've kind of been down. Their core is old. They lost a lot of capital trying to, you know, rebuild the team after that first cup win. And they've kind of been paying for those two cups with really old team, not much youth, but they've drafted well in the past few years. The youth is starting to come up. They got a few key players, and um, they got Philip Deneau, one of the greatest defensive players in the league. They went and got uh, Kevin Fiala from Minnesota, who is an electrifying player. If Jonathan Quick stays healthy and he stays uh, at the pace he was playing at, uh, he'll be a great goalie again. The Kings look good as long as everyone stays healthy. So that's your pick for Dark Horse? For sure, L.A. Kings. All right. Um, NHL awards are a little different than other awards because each award kind of has a name tied with them. Like you don't call the MVP the MVP. He's the heart winner. Yeah. Um. So I just kind of wanted to go through all of them because I don't have the greatest understanding of NHL, like I've said. So the heart is the MVP, the best player in the league. Yep. Um, the Norris is best defenseman. Best defenseman. The Calder is rookie. Yep. Uh, and the Vezina is goalkeeper. Vezna. Vezna. Yes. Okay. Well, there's an I in there. So <laughs> the the difficult names in hockey are something to get through. Yeah. A lot of, lot of Russians, a sure. lot of European players yeah. in there. Scandinavians. Scandinavians yeah. a ton. Uh, Czechoslovakians. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting names. Uh, the Vesna. Okay, I won't get that wrong again. And then the Jack Adams is the coach of the year. Correct. Um, who's your pick for MVP? It's tough to bet against Connor McDavid. It really is. If you could pick anyone but Connor McDavid, who would it be? I'm going to say... Kale McCarr, who's a defenseman on the Colorado Avalanche. He is unbelievable. He sees things on the ice that no one else in the league sees. Mm-hmm. He he embarrasses teams, and you don't really <laughs> see that all that often in the NHL because it's such a team game. It's not very individual, but he just does little things that if you just watch him and only him on the ice, it blows your mind what he does. He's fantastic. So I think if, if Connor McDavid doesn't win it, it's him. Uh, correct me if I'm mistaken. Defensemen don't normally compete for the MVP. No, it's very rare because defensemen don't score many points, and it's often it's often seen as like, granted, it's MVP, but a lot of the time it's whoever you know has the most goals, most points. But mm. he is something special. I think I think of names like. Nicholas Lidstrom, Bobby Orr, like legends of the game, absolutely Hall of Famers. He does the things that they did in their time. It's pretty high praise. Uh, we're going to go to a, another PSA break. Before we get into the last section, we'll do our pickums. That was our little NHL pre. It's not even preseason. The beginning of the season, little rundown of the NHL. We'll probably go through again in a, a couple months when we get closer to midseason and then end of season going to playoffs. Hockey is very fun to watch. If you don't watch it and you have, you know, an ESPN Plus subscription, almost every game is on there. Fantastic games games to watch. If you haven't watched hockey, I 
totally suggest picking it up. It's so much fun to watch and learn. But we're going to get into a quick PSA break, and then we'll be back on the other side with some pickums. Welcome back to the report card on Weagle 91.1 FM. You know, this is the last section of the day. We're going to do a little pickums in true report card fashion. Uh, we're going to start with a couple NCAA football games, college football. We're going to start with probably my my favorite game of the week, my favorite match, just because, you know, it's two highest-ranked teams, well, not two highest-ranked teams, but the battle of the highest, I don't know what It's the coolest say. game. It's the coolest game of the week. It's uh, number nine, UCLA, at number 10, Oregon. Who you got, Weston? I have to bet against Bo Nick, so I'm picking UCLA for that. Okay. Um, I like Oregon. You know, they've looked pretty good. Um, I don't know if I buy into UCLA the same way that I buy into Oregon. I think Oregon's probably the best team in the in the pack, so. Yeah, I thought it was USC, and then they lost to Utah. Most people thought it was Utah at the beginning of the season for some reason. They put them in the top four in the playoff beyond me. Uh, I'm also going to go with Oregon. It's it's in Oregon. Eugene. It's in Eugene in Autzen Stadium. Something like that. Um, they have a big jumbotron. That's cool. Go Oregon. Uh, number twenty Texas at number eleven Oklahoma State. We'll start with Colin. Who you got? Uh, I'm picking the home team, Oklahoma State. Um, I don't think Texas is that great. I think Oklahoma State's probably the second best team in the Big Twelve behind TCU. Okay, but um, yeah. I think that Quinn Ewers bounces back with the horns after a tough game on the against Iowa State. I'm taking Texas. I just think the season's going to be like pe- – people are going to dunk on Texas and Oklahoma all season. Yeah. And then we're, it's going to be a big welcome to the SEC party. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with Colin on this one again. I got to take Oklahoma State. Texas is not back. Horns down all the way. I don't think they're that good. Like you said, Quinn Ewers, Edward Ewers had a bad game. Last week, I don't think he really bounces back like you do. Um, but now we're going to switch into some baseball, like we mentioned earlier. Pivotal game five of the ALDS between the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees. Like I said, that's in the Bronx. Who you got, Colin? Um, I think it, I got the Yankees here. Just strictly off probably name alone. Like I don't, I don't want to pick the Cleveland Guardians to win anything on, on, on any circumstance, really. Yeah. But I don't know. Game five, it's going to be bumping in the Bronx. They don't want to be like the Dodgers and the Braves getting knocked out in the divisional rounds. I think they'll power through. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm taking the Yankees as well. It's in the Bronx. The crowd will be loud. I'm taking them. Yeah, we're going to go clean sweep of the Yankees. Um, I don't know how many players I can name on the Guardians, if I can name any. I can name a lot of the Yankees. So off name value alone, I'm taking the Yanks. And then tonight, Monday Night Football, we always do Monday Night Football pick. It's Denver Broncos at the L.A. Chargers. Who you got, Weston? I'm taking the Chargers all day. The Broncos look completely out of it. Coach doesn't look good. Russ doesn't look good. Bunch of injuries. I'm taking the Chargers. Colin? Um, you're not going to catch me picking against the Broncos on this, this program. You know, we might be the underdogs. We might be injured. Our offense might not be what we thought it would be coming into the season. But we're going to beat the Chargers, so that's <laughs> all that matters. I got to go with the Chargers. I don't think, like you said, the offense is not what it should be or what you thought it was going to be. I've said it before. I'm about to take Russ's apron. He cannot cook anymore. 
Um, give me the Chargers. And then in the final pick of the week, and of NBA starts. So we had a nice little variation this week. We had a, lot, a couple different sports, yeah, a couple lot, different leagues. A lot of sports. Yeah. Sports is really starting to kick off. Um, 76ers at the Celtics for the NBA tip-off. Who you got, Colin? Um, I'm going to take the 76ers here. Uh, the city of Philadelphia has been rolling the past week or so. I think, you know, they'll do it for the city. Wesson? I'm taking the Celtics. I I don't know much about basketball. It's the sport I'm least versed in, but I'm taking the Celtics. In the same way that you won't hear Colin Byersdorf pick against the Broncos, you will never hear me pick against the Celtics. Give me the Celtics by a million. I do not like Philadelphia. I like no teams from Philadelphia. I may be the most biased against Philadelphia person you've ever you will ever meet. Give me the Celtics. We're going back to the finals. We're going to win it this year. We're going to banner number 18, and I'm ready for the season. But that'll do it for us on the report card. Thank you for joining me today, Weston and Colin. And we'll see you next week, Wednesday at 11. Thanks for listening to The Report Card on WEGL 91.1. Tune in again next Monday at 11 a.m. for more Auburn sports. And for even more Auburn content, check out WEGLFM.com for our 24-hour live stream. See you next time on The Report Card. Thank you.